Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine this. You're stranded on an island forever. But don't freak out because you get to bring one dish with you. Your desert island dish. What is it? Every week, your hosts, Paul and Tegan, that's us, hello. hello, will ask this question. They'll chat with and torment a literal raft of guests on the island who'll dish up stories, gossip, and culinary secrets. But they all have one big thing in common. They bloody love food. Welcome to Dish Island. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Dish Island. I'm Tegan Higginbotham. I'm Paul Verhoeven, and I'm still coming down from Easter, Tegan. How much chocolate do you think we ate in terms of raw tonnage? Well, Paul, it was much more than we said we were going to. It was. If you head over to the Dish Instagram page, you will see that we created an egg called Decca, who, although being a monster, was delicious. Now, to be fair, in the kind of schematics, we were meant to put his eyes significantly closer, but what we did was <laughs> create some sort of chocolate Admiral Akbar. I mean, he looked a little monstrous and also he looked in two directions at once. But what I didn't realize is that when I did the tutorial for the egg, yes. you pour the chocolate into the kind of casing thing. Yes. And then you meant to shake it for a few minutes. Now, because I didn't, one side of the, because I couldn't see the inside, one side of the egg was just the perfect thickness and the other side was about an inch of chocolate. Which yeah. isn't, I mean, that sounds good, right? Forget about whether it's good or not, Paul. Let's just discuss time, okay? okay? Yeah. You said that Decker was going to last you how long to eat? Oh, I don't remember. It was weeks, plural. <laughs> I did say How weeks. many days have you had Decker? You know how there's dog years? I think for chickens, <laughs> I think weeks in chicken time is very quick. No, I think Decker lasted... Pretty much a day and a half. Right. So you're not coming down from Easter, Paul. You're coming down from a sugar high. Yeah. And I think you will be for quite some time. Oh, God. And I haven't had bad skin since I was a teenager. Tegan, I've broken out. I feel like I want Degrassi. <laughs> Look, enough about me and my chocolate obsession. How are you? I'm good, my love. I'm good. I'm kind of settling into this next phase in Melbourne's weather. We've just had, I think, what may be our last beautifully warm weekend. Yep. And the cold has set in, and it has set in with a vengeance. Mm. And although I'm not a cold lover myself, there are certain things I like. I just came home from work, for example, and when I look up at our window, I can see the warm light flooding out onto the street. I walk into our apartment, and you've made a beautiful curry for tonight's dinner. It is a cauliflower potato and pea curry. I've got a little bit of wine left over from our bottle on the weekend. And there are some things about this frigid weather why did I say that? About this chilly weather. No, friction works. <laughs> it does. It's just a funny word. That I do take some comfort in. And coming home when it's dark outside and just getting a little bit snuggly, I find it delightful, but not nearly as delightful as today's guest. Oh. We've been fortunate this season to talk with a lot of artists who are in really transformative phases of their career. Some of it is just because they have creatively gone in a new direction. COVID has forced a lot of people to reassess what they're doing. Yeah. But our next guest is somebody whose career changed in such a big way two years ago. And now her life is on this entirely new path. 
I am talking about my wonderful new friend. She is a proud Waramungu Yaru woman who grew up on Larrakia country. She is the host of Yokai Footy alongside Andy Cracker, Collingwood legend. Please welcome to Dish Island, Megan Waters. Well, Megan Waters, Megzi, welcome to Dish Island. Like all of our other guests, we have cajoled you, kidnapped you. Cajoled? Cajoled, isn't that a word? No, cajoled. Oh, whoops. Anyway, we've cajoled and cajoled you here, but whatever it is, you're stuck on our wonderful food island, and I've got to ask, Megzi, are you a fan of food? I love food. I love eating all the things, and if I, you know, if if I was to be stuck on an island and couldn't eat anything but this one thing for the rest of my life. Anyone who knows me and knows me well would know that it is laksa. Mary's laksa from the Parat Markets in Darwin, which is where I am from, um, up in the NT, is hands down the absolute favourite thing I've ever eaten in my life. (laughs) My favourite, my last meal forever will always be a Mary's laksa. So you eat hot food in the heat, because I once ate a really, really hot laksa, and I think I was up in Byron. It was in the middle of summer. It was like 40-something degrees, and I almost died. Is there not... Wouldn't you inherently seek out foods that kind of cool you down when you're in hot areas? Yes. Well, you would think that's the case, but... um. Funnily enough, have you have you either of you ever been to Darwin before? I was there really briefly, actually to cover an AFLW game and we'll chat football soon, I'm very sure. But I it was literally landed, went to the stadium, flew out again. So I haven't properly gotten to enjoy the Darwin lifestyle. You would have felt the heat though, right? Oh yes, we did. <laughs> so yes, Darwin is very, very um hot, humid conditions and I it's it's almost hard to comprehend, especially for people that, you know, are coming up to Darwin for the first time and they're, you know, getting to explore the markets. Um, so Pratt Markets is our um, year-round markets that um, it's set up every Saturday morning and you might get there sometime. My, I usually aim to get there at around like between 9 and 10 o'clock before it gets kind of really, really hot and I reckon you could safely say that about 80% of the people are sitting around sweating over hot chili bowls of curry laksa. <laughs> I love this. And I, when thinking about Darwin, I never would have gone, laksa. yeah, laksa. <laughs> I love that. Well, I mean, when you think about Darwin, really, Darwin is, you know, obviously closer to Indonesia than it is to Melbourne. So we've got a pretty big... Asian presence within Darwin and as well I read something somewhere that they say that Darwin is actually more multicultural than the rest of Australia and that 30% of the population is actually born overseas so um, yeah we have a really like really strong um, Asian culture within the food that we eat and particularly at the market so we've got Pratt Markets which is the year-round Saturday morning market and then we have the Mindel Beach Markets which only ever happens in the dry season and that's on a Thursday night and a Sunday Thursday and Sunday evenings it's like a beautiful sunset market on the beach I'll paint the picture for you so it's like right on the seaside palm trees everywhere and then just like food vendors and food trucks that kind of like line this whole strip and a lot of them they kind of vary from like Thai to Vietnamese to Malaysian there's a few Greek Euros stalls 
spud like this potato man which is a really popular one as well but yeah our market culture and food culture in the territory is huge i had no idea i mean that that to me sounds like you're describing thailand where paul and i went for the food markets it's i had no idea that was up there in darwin you have to well add it to your little travel travel yeah. food bucket list because during especially in the dry season so when we uh, in the thick of you know Melbourne winter, you head up north and it's like this beautiful tropical oasis. The markets are on, the weather is beautiful. You know, you wake up in the morning and it's like a crisp 18, 20 degrees, and then it's just it's heaven. And then you go to the markets. There's so many different market options to to choose from as well. There's another market um, called the Nightcliff Market, and then there's the Rapid Creek Market, and all of them your number one thing that you see people eating is laksa. <laughs> Fun fact for you, and I can't wait for you to go to Darwin now and eat all the laksas. And this is where you grew up. So you grew up in Darwin, which is Larrakia country. Is that right? Correct, yes. Yep, so that's where you grew up. And you were, I believe, up until quite recently, thinking of moving back there for good and then your life completely changed. Yeah, that's correct. So when we were in the thick of lockdown 2020, because predominantly I've always worked in the fitness industry. So my background for the last seven or so years has been personal training, group fitness instructor. When obviously COVID happened, my work sort of ceased. So I made the decision to head back up to Darwin for a little bit, because at that point, Darwin was like, again, this little um, bubble that wasn't really penetrated by COVID really. So um, I went up and did my two weeks quarantine and it was in the dry season. So it was in July. And at that time, it was like, I think because a lot of the locals had decided to come back to Darwin when when COVID was wreaking havoc. Mm. It was like, you know, boat parties and dry season, food, um, food and wine festivals, just beautiful weather every day. So many beautiful events and things on and so I think I got swept up in this you know Melbourne's obviously in turmoil Darwin's amazing I think I could actually after 10 years of living away see myself back here and yeah I ended up spending four months up there and sort of wasn't really too sure whether I wanted to come back to Melbourne permanently because I was just having such a great time spending time with my family again Anyway, of course, I got back to Melbourne with the intention to kind of kiss my friends goodbye, have one last hurrah over Christmas and New Year's and then pack my stuff and move home. And it was kind of in that month period that I was back that I was like, oh, do I, don't I, tossing up whether to come or to go. And yeah, randomly, I uh, one of the one of our teammates that because we obviously you and I takes both work on your Kai footy together, Beth, she had reached out to me towards the end of end of the year and she was like, look, we're um, casting for a female Indigenous co-host. I know you don't have any media experience, but I think your personality would suit. So you should give it a crack. And yeah, pretty much the rest is history. <laughs> How did you find moving into an industry as full on? Because, you know, Tegan and I have worked, you know, I'm on and off screen for years. And I don't know about you, Tegan, but that was a rough initiation. It took a long time to find our feet, but you are such a natural. How have you managed to transition so fast into something so different? Oh, 
definitely so grateful to have an epic team around that's for sure I mean I think naturally I've always been a pretty confident sort of people person like you know I guess working in the fitness industry you're always people facing building relationships talking so that sort of side of it for me has never really been a challenge it sort of comes quite naturally but yeah being in front of a camera and you know it's sort of weird because you know you could I could talk all day long but then when there's cameras rolling there's like this serious intense nerve pressure that happens every time before we hit record but I mean I think I've just been so grateful to work alongside so many helpful people I just ask lots of questions literally like reread over the script a hundred thousand times I have to because also I don't come from a football background like I'm not a, an ex-AFLW player or um, you know I don't have family members really like that play footy my you know I'm just kind of coming from a fan footy background so it's not language that comes natural to me so it's just a case of spending a lot of time listening to footy podcasts watching footy highlights reading footy articles and just yet yeah, asking lots of questions basically So that's why I still get really nervous before we record every episode. (laughs) I wonder when that day will ever pass. If it's anything, I remember speaking with the comedian Judith Lucy, who I had always looked up to and had done so much television and been in movies. And I just casually remember asking her about nerves. And even at this point in her career where I was like, surely she'd be fine. She still gets nervous. So it might just be something that never goes away, unfortunately. And I think, you know, with nerves, I feel like when, you, when you're when you nervous, it's a good sign because it means you care enough, you know. So they're definitely yeah. reducing. That's a good thing, though. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I know, though, for me, sometimes nerves do go hand in hand with stress. And stress management is something that I know you're is really important in your life, not only in your health and fitness life, but I'm sure in this presenting role, because it has real health implications for you. Yes, yes, absolutely. It does. So for about eight years now, I have suffered with an autoimmune condition. So I get psoriasis, which is so frustrating and complex for every person who goes through you know, that has to kind of battle with with this condition because it's just, it's so individual to each person. Um, And for a long time, I would say even probably for like the first six years of having it, it's really taken me a long time to kind of understand what my triggers are for one and then also two, what I need to do to manage it. So yes, stress, as you said, Teagues, is such a huge contributor for me. If I'm not managing my mindset so I'm really passionate about the mindfulness space like I of late have been doing a lot of kind of breath work and meditation work I've always been really big on like journaling as a way of I guess kind of expressing emotions especially if if they're like if they're quite sad or dark emotions um it's always I've always leaned into journaling to kind of help me process things so mindfulness is a really key component for me in my life for being able to kind of manage my stress particularly when it comes to my psoriasis but as well I mean obviously we're talking on a food podcast and I love food so much one of my favorite things to do especially living in Melbourne is eat out and you know indulge on delicious cuisines of all sorts I love Italian I love Mexican I love particularly Asian cuisine but 
food is a huge yeah I guess factor as well for somebody who suffers with an autoimmune condition because ultimately it's an autoimmune response that is based on kind of inflammation so if I'm having like lots of gluten or lots of dairy my skin literally like the next day is just so inflamed and angry so it's just like this constant battle of kind of going okay today I'm gonna treat myself we love pasta Sundays in um, my household my housemate and I are often you know cooking up a, a some kind of delicious pasta my housemate's Italian so she loves cooking so you know it's always a case of being like okay today's Sunday I'm gonna treat myself I'm gonna have a red wine and a pasta but then know that probably for the next five days I have to be really really strict with what I eat to kind of balance it out so yeah constant battle how have you found the fact that you have picked your new job is so stressful and it's so forward-facing as well. I mean, you are literally, you are on camera talking to people. How are you finding that's kind of affecting the stress that surrounds this condition? Totally. It's it's like, so when we just about started, um, so when we were just kicking off this season, I was just um, kind of at the tail end of a really bad flare-up. I've noticed a bit of a trend over the last couple of years. So coming off the back of the kind of festive season, so obviously over Christmas and in the lead-up to, you're not as conscious about the foods that you're consuming and the drinks that you're having because you're a lot more social. It's summer. Everyone's celebrating end-of-year Christmas things. So over the last couple of years, it's become really apparent that by January, February, my body, my my gut is like, I hate you. <laughs> and then I tend to go through like a really bad flare-up phase. So I was really self-conscious at the start of yokai kicking off this season i to the point that i had to reach out to my executive producer and say you know like obviously we've got some shoots coming up i'm really conscious because i had like few spots and psoriasis bits all over like my arms and I get it really badly in my scalp and so it does it it really affects my self-esteem and you know again lucky to work around a team who are super supportive so for our promo shoot you know, it was really planned out to make sure that I was like wearing long sleeves and long pants to just make me feel a little bit more comfortable. But yeah, it's certainly a condition that wreaks havoc with my self-esteem. And it's unfortunately something that is never not at the forefront of your mind, particularly, you know, when you're having a bit of a flare up. So yeah, it's really hard sometimes going into work, knowing that you've got to say to your makeup artist or your hairdresser, like, hey, you know, please just be aware that, you know, my scalp's really inflamed or my face is really inflamed. Um, obviously, it's more it, like no one ever cares other than me. It's such a personal thing. But I guess that's where leaning into those mindfulness practices really helped me to kind of come back to just the, just kind of the, the present, being grateful that it's actually not worse. One of the things that is just part of my daily rituals now is saying affirmations. So every morning when I wake up, I have this like list of affirmations that are in my notes in my phone that I am affirmations and I'll read them out every morning. There's about 50 of them. They sort of go like, you know, I am confident, I am worthy, I'm beautiful, things like that. And I think that subconsciously those little practices have had a really big or played a really big part in helping me to kind of not get too in my head about it. Um, Cause I know it can, it, like for people that do suffer with sort of skin conditions, it can be really, really hard to get out of your head. So yeah, that that's even more so why having really 
structured mindfulness practices like that kind of help to keep me on track and not spiral down into negative thought patterns about it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. First of all, I mean, I just want to say thank you for sharing all of this. I know that there are probably going to be a lot of listeners who are just appreciating this conversation so much. I know I do. So thank you for for being so open and sharing these experiences. And I'm really sorry. I didn't even know that you had all those extra layers of stress on top of you when you started this season of Yokai. And I just, I'm so sorry, but my God, it just makes me admire you even more. The fact that you were dealing with that as well. And then you, you, just do your job as well as you do. It's incredible. But it's it's funny that you talk about all these things like affirmations and the mindfulness because I, not nearly to the same extent you do, but I, I also sometimes grapple with how, how much of a horrible effect stress can have on my body and it wrecks my sleep. It really affects my digestion. I get incredible anxiety and all that sort of stuff. And just doing some of those things, I'm trying to do a lot more yoga and breathing and waking up every morning and making sure that there is some sort of practice in my day that focuses on mindfulness and I'm trying to do it at the end of the day and it's a bit exhausting and sometimes the cynical side of me is like oh whatever yeah you can do your little breathing but it's actually helping and I've been sleeping better than I have in probably four years and it's it's amazing how much these 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 things do actually help. I'm I'm amazed by it. Oh, honestly, I and I think that because I, you know, over the last couple of years, particularly obviously COVID, we've been living through some of the craziest times in our whole existence. And then, you know, on top of that, we're dealing with the stresses of kind of not really knowing that our next day work-wise is kind of gonna be secured and then on top of that just all you know all the other life things that as humans we deal with and you know I think for me personally anyway without having these certain tools like you said like I would say the top five things in my let's call it mindfulness toolkit are breath work at the moment meditation like I'm really lucky I live in Elwood so just this morning even I got up and just went and sat by the beach and just took 10 deep breaths closed my eyes connected to the present so that kind of breath work meditation space journaling is another like huge one that I've already touched on um the affirmations and then just moving your body like some kind of exercise and sweat to just it all those things for me if I didn't have those things in my daily life I would be a mess <laughs> I'm thinking about your personal training background right and the fact that you part of your job and part of your kind of skill set is getting people to change themselves and getting them to do things re- like repetitive things that kind of gradually transform them into better versions of themselves. I guess I'm trying to find a link between physical training and psychological training. Do you think your time uh, helping people kind of train physically has helped you bounce that inwards and kind of transform your headspace? Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, half the reason why I've stayed in the fitness industry for so long. I love nothing more than you know seeing somebody you know because when you train clients 
they become your friends. And I mean, even for me, like through working in the fitness industry, some of my best friends who I'll have for the rest of my life are people that I've met through the gym. You know, when you're having this positive impact, whether it be through training with them or training them or even just, you know, communicating with them in the gym and sort of sharing these, you know, conversations, knowing that not only is it helping them, but it also helps you as well because nothing makes me feel more satisfied in my life than knowing that I'm potentially inspiring somebody to, you know, maybe go for a run that day or train in the gym that day or just do something every day that helps them to feel better. And it doesn't even have to be exercise. You know, it can be that mindfulness piece as well. So, yeah, it's kind of equally beneficial for both parties I get so much out of being a a trainer and a coach because it's just so satisfying to know that you're having an impact and helping change the mindset of you know someone's life I guess. How has it felt like for you to come into this program where not only you're being challenged as a presenter and it's this huge learning curve but you're also now in this position where you just get to tell so many incredible stories from so many Indigenous athletes and just generally people from the Indigenous community. How does that feel for you to get to be a spokeswoman now? I think the first word that comes to my mind is just proud. I'm so proud to just to to be in this position to have this platform to yeah just have like have really important conversations because although we are a footy show of course what we have to share is so much deeper than that we get some of the greatest indigenous athletes and non-indigenous as well on the show sharing literally sharing their stories sharing about their lives sharing about their upbringings their communities and I think that's the sort of stuff that we need to hear more of, particularly from our athletes. Like, I don't know about you, but I, you know, I, I admire athletes for, you know, what the work that they put in and the mm. dedication that they have to have to to do the job that they do as as a sports person. But what what I really resonate with more so than any of that is who they are as people and where they come from. I'm really passionate about storytelling and learning about yeah learning about people's backgrounds and cultures and so to work for a show that showcases that makes me just feel so proud and you know to work with the likes of people like Gilly who gosh every time we have him on the show as a guest Gilbert McAdam I am almost you know for one in fits of laughter but then also often at times reduced to tears because of so much passion and um, life experience that he's had. So to work alongside people like that, for me, I'm just so grateful. And, you know, even from, from my own perspective as an Indigenous person, it's helped me unlock a side of myself as well. Like it's helped me to feel more comfortable being who I truly am. And, you know, I think that's, that's again, something like this show has really helped me to unlock my own personal cultural identity because you know even though being indigenous everyone's at different stages culturally of their learnings like my grandfather he was part of the stolen generation and so we didn't get to know his family like you know he he didn't ever get raised with love or culture really ingrained in him because that was all of those things were removed from his life and so then on my father's side, so my father is non-Indigenous, so I kind of grew up in this half here, half there, where do I fit in, 
you know, in school, like, and, you know, admittedly sometimes, you know, I've, I've openly talked about in the past how, you know, growing up in, in a white society, unfortunately, you know, don't learn about the true history of our, our country and our, um, our culture in school. So as a young Indigenous girl, I grew up as somebody, you know, celebrating Australia Day, for example, or laughing at jokes about being the token black friend, like, because that was just the society that we grew up in. Whereas, you know, obviously now as I've gotten older and, you know, more aware and more comfortable in who I am, I have so much more accepting and understanding of of the history and all that stuff. But I, I feel like working for Yokai has really, really helped me to continue to grow and feel more and more comfortable and confident and inspired in who I really am as well and and sharing that cultural side of, of me which is something for a long time I, I didn't really do comfortably so yeah very very grateful that Beth reached out to me and said hey you should go for this job and honestly when she asked me I was like I thought it was a joke at first and so when I went for the audition I was like cool, this will be fun. I get to go into AFL house and, you know, maybe I'll get to see or meet some like, some cool footy players. No expectation that it was going to go anywhere. But, yeah, here we are. <laughs> well, look, I also am so glad that Beth approached you and I just, I really can't wait to see what's next for you because I know it's going to be so exciting and huge. And Well, for... you know, Gil quit, so maybe you can... Uh... <laughs> Gil McLaughlin, <laughs> yep. yeah. Yep, there's, a, there's an opening. the CEO? <laughs> I know they, they were throwing some names around the ring the other day. I was like, hmm, maybe, you know, yeah. I've had luck in the past with going for roles that I didn't think I was going to get. Maybe I'll chuck my hat in the ring. <laughs> oh, my God. Megan Waters, new CEO of the AFL. I love it. Imagine. But look, to anybody out there, if you haven't heard of Yokai Footy, if you haven't seen it before, all the episodes are available at afl.com.au and at SBS On Demand. It's so good. And even if you're not a footy fan, Megzi's right. The stories that you hear on Yokai Footy, they are just so important and sometimes really funny, often very heartbreaking, but I think just vital viewing yeah. for everybody. It's a weekly living historical document, basically. It's a great way to put it, Paul. I love that. <laughs> so if you haven't watched it, definitely do. If you're not following on Megzi on Instagram, get onto that because you want to be able to be that smug person who's like, oh, I was following her before she was the biggest name in Australia. So do before that. Before she was CEO of the AFL. Before I was, she was, I was a big fan. <laughs> but Megzi, thank you so much for joining us on Dish Island. Um, you're trapped here forever now, so sorry about that. Eating luxes forever. Yay. Yay. Finally a dish that actually works in this climate as well. <laughs> so good. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. Tegan, I have to be honest, all I'm thinking about right now is Luxa. I know, I know, oh my god. Oh my god. Megzi has planted this in my head. I had not, I'm going to be completely honest, Darwin was not on my travel list. There were other places that I was planning to go to just so I could eat, and they were much higher up on the list. Darwin wasn't even on the list, but now. Is it wrong to go to a place just for one dish, though? No, absolutely not. Isn't I think that... that's deeply respectful and wonderful. <laughs> Isn't that some sort of, like, carbon footprint nightmare? Like, the amount amount of money and time and gasoline you would spend flying your body across to a place just to have one bowl of Luxa. I think you'd need to just pretty much plan a whole food trip around and by the sounds of it, you could. Yeah, either that or let's hit Megzi up while she's still down here in Melbourne yeah. shooting Yokai and let's go on a mission to find the best Luxa in Melbourne. That's a much more sensible idea. Next week, Paul, you have booked us another very, very exciting guest. 
But just a warning to all of our listeners, this is a food show. It's clearly a food show. We like chatting about food. But if this guest brings some of her gnarliest stories, you might want to head into this episode with an empty stomach. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know where you're coming from, because she's the host of one of Australia's biggest true crime podcasts. This woman is an absolute powerhouse, and I cannot wait to see what her Desert Island dish is. I bet it's like a seven arm or something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thanks for joining us for another wonderful episode of Dish Island. I called it wonderful. I was meaning Megsy was wonderful, but sure, it was a wonderful episode. It was wonderful. We did great. Of course, if you're not following us on Instagram, what are you doing? Head over and follow us there. Also, check out an episode of Yokai Footy. They're all available at SBS On Demand or at afl.com.au. And you can watch Megzi in all of her glory. See you next week, folks. And don't forget, eat eat your your veggies. veggies. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Dish Island. Dish Island is a proud member of the ACAST Creator Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.